All is one. It's for go? the best. <laughs> oh, good. No survivors. Here at Brain Sick. Brain Sick. Hello. Hello. We have a special guest, Alita's friend. You want to introduce your friend? Yes, today we have with us M. Carney. Do you want your full name? I should not clarify. It's too late. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Well, Emma, she's a. Do, do you can introduce yourself? Say whatever you'd like to say. I'm, I'm a friend of Alita's. We met in choir. I don't know. I um, like to run and like read and stuff. Yes. She's a very smart girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's not. <laughs> you, you are intelligent. And yeah. We're happy to have you here. Excellent. Also, it makes it so we don't have to do stuff. So it's also very helpful. Yeah. Less work for us. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Oh, lovely. (laughs) But we should probably introduce ourselves. All right. I'm Lydia. Did we do this last time? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Did we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Probably. I think so. We always do. Probably. I can't remember. <gasps> I forgot to take my meds this morning. Oh, shit. I just remembered. <laughs> it, it's okay. Prozac has, like, a really long half-life, so, like, missing a dose every now and then is, like, fine. It's not, like, every day. <laughs> that's that's, that's an issue. That's just going <laughs> off your meds. That's just not recommended by myself. I'm Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alita. Yes, Alita. I already said my name. That's Lydia. Hi. And then we have Emma. We have Emma. Welcome to Basic. Emma <laughs> is educating us today. She is. <laughs> yes. She is. <laughs> she is. And also, just a fun little fact: we we're only using the Yeti today. The four of us are speaking. Oh into, yeah. Yes, one microphone. So if the audio is like different for whatever reason, sorry. Or not sorry. Maybe it's better. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this will just make our life a lot easier <laughs> if we just like, use one mic. Yeah. But just a little heads up. If if it's a little different in the air holes today. Did you catch... Did you listen to the beginning of the last episode? Explain what you did. Oh, uh, yeah. We should have a poll uh, if you guys want stereo. He did our voice stereo at that time when we were talking about it. That's so good. So we were talking about how people say our voices sound very similar. So we're like, oh, we could stereo. So it's just one in each ear. Yeah. (laughs) So he did that for like a second, a minute in. That's really good. Yep. Oh, gosh. Well, who was which ear? That's the question. You have to figure that out for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) We'll introduce ourselves once, and that's it. <laughs> I'm going get. I can figure it out now. Yes. You have slightly different, like. I was gonna say like words, but like you say slightly different phrases. Can figure it out. Do our voices like, sound the same though? Yeah, a little bit. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we. Somehow this problem never came up for me when I thought about doing this. Like our voices being the same. Yeah. No. But sure, that's, it happens. It happens when you're related. <sighs> we had no choice in the matter. <laughs> anyway, who are you presenting today? I'm presenting on Temple Grandin. She is a person who does, um, she makes like, 
contraptions that sounds very diabolical um she makes like contraptions that work in like the livestock industry um she's pretty she's pretty good at what she does um there is this like statistic i think it's one third of like all livestock come in contact with her um like her designs like whether that be um facilities that she's designed or like specific um specific handling devices sorry brain part. um oh, that's super impressive <laughs> yeah so yeah she's a cool lady she also has asperger's um i think i'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that right i hope mm-hmm. so um and so that's like she was um I also got to see her at like UC Davis. She came into really? yeah, like a really long time ago. Mondavi. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and she was, and she also mentioned this in her book. I read Thinking in Pictures, mm. and she talks a lot about how like how having autism because I can like I mean I can talk about all like the different like things that it does for the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she's talking about how like that like has actually helped her um, to be able to. Like, to be able to create these things and to design really well, which is really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And we were talking about how we saw the movie a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, was it? So it was Claire Danes? It was. It is. It is. Yes. Okay. She's the one who plays Temple Grandin. Ah. Um, yeah. That was, like, an interesting film. What I remember from it is it shows her, like, college age and, like, on. And, like, oh. I think she, like... I don't know. She has like some realizations, and like it, sh- it kind of shows like her thought process or like mm-hmm. how she like made some of her um, devices. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I remember, yeah, watched it a really long time a ago. A long time ago. Um, I'm amazed you remember more than I. Because <laughs> you were definitely younger. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember like specific scenes that have like stuck with me. You know. Um, some of what which, kinds uh, of contraptions? Like what examples? Um, the one that I remember is, oh gosh, I remember the one with the cows with like, it's almost like a maze or like, yeah, 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 like compresses on their bodies a bit Mm -hmm. to make them feel more comfortable. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, the squeeze sheets are what they use for slaughter. Um, Mm. oh, I don't know if this is like a thing that I should like disclose, but this kind of covers like killing animals if that's upsetting for folks yeah maybe just a heads up it's a good yeah we can put that in the description okay for sure yes um but it's like this thing that like you have like the animal walk in and you like squeeze it a little bit because like she was talking about how like deep pressure can be like really comforting for like animals and people especially with people with autism so she made um she like i think modified squeeze shoots and like kind of like specified their importance um as far as like calming animals down during slaughter and then also she designed one for like humans to use um oh so she has yeah so in her book there's like pictures and it kind of looks it looks a little like crazy but there's (laughs) pictures of her um using her own squeeze shoot that she designed for people um Mm. which is like she said it's really relaxing um especially for kids with autism Mm. that it's like it's really helpful and stuff She's really cool. She said that she like figured it out because she had, um, I think, some sort of like a anxiety panic attack when she was on her aunt's farm, and she ran in and like used the squeeze shoot, and you know her aunt was like, uh, okay, I guess, (laughs) and she was like, you know, I'm glad that she didn't like stop me or try to like hold me back because she was like, I felt so relaxed by that, and then that's kind of where she got like the inspiration to like make it for people. 
So, you know, you wouldn't be sharing facilities with a cow. Yeah. It's probably not the most hygienic. Probably. Possibly. Not all of that. <laughs> in, a, in a pinch. Everything in moderation. <laughs> Only use cow products in moderation. Definitely for you. Yeah. <laughs> he lactose and talk. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs to take it. It's bad. We keep from going like, okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to not. And then we get like ice cream the next day. <laughs> Without fail. It's a hard life. <laughs> get a vegan ice Ooh, Ben and Jerry's says really good non-dairy. I don't know if it's actually vegan, but it's it's pretty great. Non-dairy ice cream. I love Ben and Jerry. So have you listened to that episode? Have you listened to um, How I, I Built This yeah. with Guy Raz? It's a podcast. Not. No, there's this. It's fine, but like, there's this really cute one. <laughs> like, I'm not fine. trying to like it's whatever. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> there's this one with Ben and Jerry, and they're so cute. They're like these Are old hippies. Actually ben and they're Jerry? actually Ben and Jerry. So like, if you look on the cartons, they have like their little faces, and they're talking to you. About, oh like, God. how they made the company. It's so good. I love, oh, it. I love it. I want them to be my grandpas. They're so good. Um, yeah. Sounds like the faces are talking to you. <laughs> yeah, they have, like, the little speech bubble coming out of it. <laughs> so, oh my God. for all intents and purposes. They are. They really they are. They are speaking to you. Directly to you. Mm-hmm. Lydia Shank. Yes. Always. I love them. <laughs> Let's go get some Ben Jerry's non-dairy. Uh, Let's do it. I'm pretty sure we have like a coupon on my fridge for like to get a dollar off my fridge (laughs) in my house that I paid for with my (laughs) hard-earned money. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) Um, But we have like a coupon that's like one dollar off one pint of Ben and Jerry's non-dairy ice cream. Looked at it a couple times and like, wow, I want it. Uh, are you okay? I'm good. This is why you need to get your license, so you can drive and get uh, Ben and Jerry's non-dairy yeah. ice cream whenever you want. You're very correct. I'm I'm gonna work on that, but that's not what this is about. That's right. <laughs> We're really bad. We're really bad about that. We really are. We. It's okay. Also, okay, wait, quick thing. I think it would be cool if we, we've been talking about this for a while, if we did, like, make an intro, mm-hmm. an uh, outro. Yeah, guitar. guitar. Uh, we've been doing the da-da-da-da-da. Right. Oh, okay. And but we need, like, an outro. I'm, an outro. I'm going to recruit Andrew to just finger pick stuff. And then okay. And just stick it in. Okay. okay. Well, we've been doing the. Da, 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 da. You can see just right. how out of touch. Yeah, I, I, I told you. Listen, <laughs> I will listen to. I just <laughs> you said that in myself. <laughs> <laughs> one of them, you were like, because I actually listen. To I do. <laughs> like, just so you guys know, if there's any ticks or anything, because like I notice me saying like a lot mm-hmm. and a lot of mm-hmm. ums mm-hmm. at the beginning, so I listen to it, and so I'm like very consciously aware of that now whenever we record. Mm-hmm. So it I just happens. It it better. It's so. the California accent. What's that Vampire Weekend song? <laughs> California English. California English, and it's just like nonsensical. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> the shade. <laughs> well, they are from California, so 
So. <laughs> we went on this school trip and there were these kids from Texas and we convinced them all that um, in California we all say hella fresh and like and that in order to get your surfing or no in order to get your driver's license you first have to get your surfing license. <laughs> Do they believe you? Oh my god. <laughs> That's how you know the stereotypes about California. Mm-hmm. Everyone believes them. They yeah. said it goes. It's true. I mean, I'm not helping. I, I'm <laughs> fully encouraged it. But it was, it. It was worth it. It was entertaining. That's oh, good. for sure. It's a harmless thing to reinforce. Yes. Okay. Well, tell us about Temple. Okay. Um. So, I have... That was super articulate. Um, so... She was born to Richard Grandin and Eustacia Cutler in Boston, Massachusetts on August 29th, 1947. Okay. <laughs> no, I was trying to think, like, 40s. Is that post... 47 would have been, like, right after. Right, 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 right after. after. Okay. Yeah. That was just my um, brain, like, years. trying to put in historical context because mm-hmm. I'm really bad with dates. <laughs> Massachusetts. Yeah. And then she was diagnosed with autism at age two, and then at oh. the time when she was diagnosed, it was considered, like, brain damage because it's also like it's a like behavioral thing so it's kind of hard to diagnose and like doctors are kind of like I don't really know what's going on but there's something happening here so they're like brain damage Mm -hmm. um which isn't accurate or terribly considerate way to put it in my opinion um but her mom was like super mom so she like worked really really hard to get temple like the best care that she could um and she was like she worked with her for hours on like developing her verbal skills and like getting her into like really good like preschool programs um in order to like make sure that she could be successful and like all this cool stuff um and so in her book temple grandin talks a lot about um like the benefits of like early intervention with Mm -hmm. um with autism because it uh, can really help, um, just your ability to, like, function as, like, I don't want to say normal, in air quotes, normally, like, mm-hmm. function as best as possible, um, and she, because I got to, I got to see her at the Mondavi, and she, like, she's a really good speaker, like, she, um, and of course she does lots of other talks being, you know, a very important person in the, um, livestock industry, so she's mm-hmm. gotten, She's gotten pretty good at that, um, mm. and that's um, a lot in in who <laughs> that's due to a lot uh, about her mom, about like how helpful she was and stuff like that. That's um, great. I, I imagine how difficult it must have been back then, because it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like there was a lot of like even now there's still mm. kind of like we're starting to realize how important it is. I mean, I think we've come far, but it's mm-hmm. like. I remember seeing the commercials about, like, make sure if your baby's not making eye contact and stuff. But it seemed like that hasn't been as prevalent to like, the last, I don't know, like, 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, we're finally realizing what autism is and, like, how we can best um, help kids with it. And actually, so I'm working at the Primate Center. Mm-hmm. And my lab is working with, um, I think I already explained this to you. The, the teeny monkeys? Yeah, the teeny monkeys with um, oxytocin spray. Mm-hmm. So that's actually designed to see if they can help autistic kids um have like more social bonding Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like their whole it's like the comparative psychology so that's their whole um reason for doing their studies Mm -hmm. so i was like oh 
connects. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So then, um, she also, so there's like, um, in her book and on my like online research, she kind of described like there were, um, like a few different, I don't want to say like types, but like a few different kind of channels, um, that you end up with in auto with I'm sorry with autism um mm-hmm. and because basically she described it as like the different parts of your brain don't connect super well so you end up with kids who are really really strong in one area and not so much in another mm-hmm. um so she's like a very hyper visual but abstract words um she specifically mentioned like hope or glory when talking about um the lord's prayer because, uh, you know, she grew up in a religious family and she is religious and stuff like that. But she was like, mm. it was really difficult for me to understand, especially mm. as a kid. Like, what do these things mean? Um, so she used a lot of metaphors, like doors and windows and stuff. And those are really helpful to having her, like, make connections and progress and stuff like that. Mm. And then she also talks about, like, the importance of, like, mentorship and stuff. She had a science teacher who, in her, I think it was high school, junior high, who really tried to, like, work with her metaphors and, like, help understand and use those to, like, help her grow instead of, she actually had a pretty negative experience with psychologists and psychiatrists Mm. and stuff like that, um, and I don't know if it was just the individuals or because they didn't know as much as they do now, um, who often were trying to kind of, like, stamp out her fixations, which are also really common in um people with autism Mm -hmm. like fixations on certain things although they do have their benefits like there was um kind of this it's like difficult to diagnose especially after the person is dead you know you can't talk to them in person Mm -hmm. but um there there are a lot of like psychologists and psychiatrists who think that albert einstein had autism Mm -hmm. or asperger's Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and so there are like the fixation is actually helpful, like, he might not, you know, come up with a theory of relativity if he wasn't really able to, like, fixate on that and stuff like that. I have my whole list of, like, famous people with autism suspected on the back because it's it's pretty cool Um, and stuff like that. Um, I have a quick question. Yes, ma'am. So is Asperger's, like, like, something separate from autism? Or are they, is it like a type of autism? I'm not mm-hmm. really sure. It's like that. a more functionable, like less. Like high functioning. The the, the impairment is on um, social cues and understanding. Like the, the, like the mental faculties are still there. So, and, and maybe even on average actually more, um, more more able to to work on like math problems or science problems or that but mm-hmm. less socially capable mm-hmm. like 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 there's like an inability to like read expressions mm-hmm. and to understand so it, it's a learned behavior to under to understand that feedback people give you when you're talking to them as opposed to it being more of an instinctual mm-hmm. like yeah. subconscious mm-hmm. pattern yeah, so the, the like, full name of, like, autism is, like, autism spectrum disorder, like, mm-hmm. ASD, and it kind of goes from the spectrum of Asperger's, and then the other end is Canners, Connors, it's, it's someone's last name, um, I believe, and so 
Asperger's is, like, less disruptive, like Andrew Mm -hmm. said. Like, it's, you know, your mental faculties are still mostly high-functioning, and, um, but canners is, it's more disruptive, like, it it makes it harder to function and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I think with the new DSM, they actually took out Asperger's, like, name, Mm -hmm. like, that name, and I think they just, because before it was a separate diagnosis, I think, Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. autism, and now it's just, you're on this, you're on the spectrum. Yeah. So it's not, like, a separate thing anymore. Okay. But, yeah. It feels like the word's still relevant, too. And it's also yeah. uncomfortable because, like, there's lots of people who have come to understand that as, like, That's that them. the category they fit into, and yeah. now it's mm-hmm. been removed. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. the people that think that of themselves are wrong. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Like, yeah. clinically, yeah. like, just, incorrect. But it's yeah. Like, but, so. yeah, but it, it's just, it's just, it's it's different forms of the same kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. thing. Cool. Yeah. Either way. And even, like... I guess, like, you could consider it, like, a spectrum of, like, severity, but there's also, like, a really varied spectrum of, like, like, different kind of It's all, like, qualitatively different, yeah. Yeah, like, Like, it's so different. Like, there are some, like, I was talking about, like, the, like, um, there are people who, like, really excel in, like, math and music because they're, like, very pattern thinkers, and then Mm -hmm. there's some people that are, um really good at like learning languages and like stuff like that because they're very auditory and like um oh it was really interesting it turns out that like reading is like it turn it like turns on like the auditory function in your brain so that's like um and like I don't know if you guys have ever done like an IQ test there's like the standard one Mm -hmm. um so like reading and hearing are like all one thing that's all the auditory part of your brain and then um those are, like, word thinkers, and then the one that applies to Temple Grandin is the, like, more visual, so Mm -hmm. she talks about, like, thinking in pictures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, she's kind of got, like, a catalog of, like, visual imagery. I don't know, like, if you get, like, I don't know if any of you have as I don't think so. You've Um, you've had some friends, right? Or Yeah, yeah, friends and family. Yeah, so I don't know, like, I know some people, even if they don't necessarily have, like, Asperger's or autism or canners or anything, um, like, do identify more with one of those than the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if you don't have it, like, you might be like, oh, yeah, like, I really, like, resonate with, like, the visual thinking or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like always, and not always, but I've had professors be like, okay, figure out, like, what works best for you. So is mm-hmm. it, like, hearing stuff? Is it copying mm-hmm. it down for yourself? Or is a lot of them are just like, well, you should, you know, find a way to hear it and then recreate it in a way that makes, like, the most sense to mm-hmm. you and not just copy stuff down because, yeah. like, you don't really learn yeah. anything. Yeah. But I feel like for me, I need both. I, d- I do better when there's, like, a visual and then someone's telling me about it. Mm-hmm. I need, like, mm-hmm. both <laughs> or else yeah. it doesn't stick yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's the way that it might be for most people is, like, because the, they're able to, like, combine those better. Mm-hmm. Um that you would use a little bit of both. Mm. But it varies from person to person. I mean, even between people with autism, like, it's super varied. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was, like, Grandin in this interview that I watched was, like, basically everyone is, like, super different. And this, I think, applies not only to people with autism, people, like, on the spectrum, but, like, in life. Just, like, they tend to be, like, have, be really strong in one area and less so in another. So just, like, focus on their strengths instead of being, like, hey, you need to, like, fix this other... Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's also going to, like, kind of foster a hatred of, like, school and learning. I think it was mostly the context that she was talking about. Mm. But also, like, in life. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's all that good stuff. Um, that's kind of my overview of autism. And then there's, you know, of course, varied symptoms like agitation and irritable. Like, because um, she described it as like your input system. So like visual or hearing is like kind of on over overload. Mm -hmm. um, and so that can cause like anxiety and like irritability. Um, it's also pretty common to have like de depression, sorry, or like mm -hmm. repetitive behaviors. Um, and, but she was also saying that like that shouldn't necessarily define someone like, mm -hmm. cause the symptoms vary a lot. And also like they're a person outside of um, Asperger's. So it's, yeah. I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but I also did some research. I don't know if you guys have heard about like Autism Speaks. Mm -hmm. uh, is that like an organization? Mm -hmm. I think I might have heard a little bit about it. But... It was like this organization started by, oh, I'm totally going to name it. was like Ava something. Nope. Bob and Suzanne Wright. <laughs> you're close you're enough. There. Yeah. <laughs> so close. Um, and it kind of, it tends to like dominate the national conversation about autism. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the one with the blue puzzle piece. Yeah. Mm, I've seen that. Um, and I'd heard a lot of people being like, this kind of sucks. And I was like, let's figure out why, like, while mm -hmm. I'm at it. Um, and it, like, compares having a child with autism to having a gravely ill child or, like, having a dead Ooh. child. Oh, jeez. Ooh. And there's just, and mm. it, that, that's, like, a, that's a no. Yeah. From, from All nearly everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so, which is... Obviously, I would assume offensive to people who with, with autism or people who have children with autism, and also to people who have had children who have died. Like that, I don't know. That comparison just seems bad in a in a variety of ways. Um, yeah, that's yeah, not great. It like really vilifies autism and like mm. dehumanizes the yeah. people with autism. Yeah, for sure. And um, well, not everyone like has the same relationship with. Um, with autism as Temple Grandin does, she was saying, like, if I could snap my fingers and wake up tomorrow without it, like, I wouldn't do it. She was mm -hmm. like, it makes me, like, who I am, and it's, like, the reason that I've had so much success doing what I do yeah. and stuff like that. So it's not, um, although, on the other hand, there are people who are like, yeah, like, it holds me back. I would, I would prefer not to have it, but I think um, the assumption that this organization is making that everyone who has it doesn't want it or parents whose kids have it, like, mm. you know, and... There's other, like, questionable things about, like, their allocation of resources. Um, like, only 4% of their 2010 budget went to family service grants, which is, like, helping families, like, access help and, like, the early intervention type stuff, I think. Um, Seems like that's where most of the money should be going. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the other 96%? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, questionable. It that's sure is. That sucks, because it feels yeah. like... You want to trust in, you know, a company mm. that's, or an organization that's going to speak for your cause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do your research. Yeah. That's the thing with, like, it's... kind of niche worlds mm. that aren't in the spotlight completely, you know? Mm -hmm. They can't, they slip under the radar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. You would, you would assume no one would ever be as callous as to prey upon people yeah use it as a way to mm -hmm. suck money but there's always 
There's unfortunately something. someone out there who will take advantage of it. I mean, it didn't seem yeah. like there was a whole lot of embezzlement going on. Like, I don't think it's that, but mm-hmm. it was like a lot of it was just I think like fifty percent or something went to um, went to like marketing and stuff yeah. and then like significant portions to like finding a cure and that's mm. again in air quotes which isn't helpful given that this yeah. is a podcast um but like but like finding a cure for autism which like like nobody asked for this yeah like i'm sure that um i don't know but maybe there are some people who are like yeah that would be cool but like the majority of people are like you know I just said, like, 50 times, sorry. Um. Okay, but, yeah, it's also kind of, like, focusing, because we have people who are already born and have autism. Mm-hmm. We should focus on those people before we try to, like, yeah get to some source that we don't have a good comprehension yeah. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it's... It also... I'm just not sure that autism is something that, like, is curable like mm, I don't think yeah. that's the right approach yeah for any of the things that we really talk about even like we recognize that they're like treatments mm-hmm. but a, a big thing that like I know I've just had to learn with like my experiences with my own mental stuff is like it's not the the goal shouldn't be to like get rid of whatever's ailing you it's like how to like treat it and like manage it and like coexist Mm -hmm. with it you know yeah Yeah. and I think that can also apply to just like a variety of of situations and ailments Mm -hmm. yeah like obviously it'd be cool if we could like cure a ton of things but that just might not be the most like feasible um, mm-hmm. way to look at it and also just might not be the best. Yeah. I think it's not yeah. the most helpful way of viewing a situation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it only further... Uh, I liked that you used the word vilify. I, I like that a lot because it kind of like... Yeah. By saying that you're trying to find a cure, you're implying that like there's something like very wrong and like it needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, like, a lot, like, a lot of, um, like, I've got, like, a very large list, um, of people, like, Steve Jobs, Mm. like, I mean, if you had, like, cured it, which isn't necessarily possible, like, you might be missing out on a lot of things. Yeah. Or, like, you definitely would, I I feel like, you know, like, because it, uh, it just if your brain works in a different way, then you're going to end up with different results than somebody else. And that's where you get, like, a lot of those, um, like, more out-of-the-box ideas. And there's a study done um, by some guy named Simonton, and he basically came to the conclusion that in order to be creative, um, he used the words, it seems you have to be slightly crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But... I mean, a lot of the stuff, like, you've already talked about is, like, a lot of artists have, like, depression or, like, bipolar depression, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, if everyone's brains worked exactly the same, you wouldn't have things that were, like, special or, mm-hmm. like, bursts of innovation or creativity and stuff like that. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. And that's not to say that, like, depression is good, but, <laughs> you know. If it's gonna exist and if people are gonna have it, you know. Yeah. Let's find what we can to get out of it. Yeah. For 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, I mean, especially with autism, which, like, isn't, you know, it's not inherently, like, depression. And she talks a lot about, um, in kind of when she's going through puberty and, like, teenage years and, like, early adulthood that, like, she got a lot of, like, panic attacks and, and you know, her anxiety started to, like, ramp up. But she was able to... Um, she talked a lot about Prozac. She was, like, singing the praises of Prozac. And, like, <laughs> a bunch of other, um, a bunch of other things that, uh, medications that she used that were able to help her manage that. And so if you can kind of manage the neg- more negative, like, effects of autism while still reaping the benefits of, like, having a brain that works differently from everybody else, I think that's kind of the happy medium. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, she's quite the accomplished woman. She's... Um, she's, she's very interested in science, so she's gradu- she graduated from Franklin Pierce College in 1970 with a degree in psychology, then graduated from Arizona State University with a master's in animal science, and then she graduated from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign with a doctorate in animal science, um, and especially being a woman and a woman with, like, um, who wasn't neurotypical, a lot of teachers thought that her ideas were dumb and didn't take the time to, like, hear her out. Um, And it was, like, even though there was a lot of, like, progressive movements happening in the 70s, like, she was still a woman, and, like, Mm -hmm. and I think especially the, like, livestock industry tends to be more male-dominated. And I (laughs) I have written in my notes, look who's laughing now, like, a third of (laughs) all livestock come in contact with her facilities yeah. and her designs and her inventions. So, I don't know. They should have given Temple the time of day, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Because, like, I mean, she's just, she's done so, so much. Um, so, she, um, and then for a while she worked as a consultant in slaughterhouses, and she seemed that that was, like, pretty traumatic just to watch, like, much animals, animals get killed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um... And a lot of people kind of question, like, why do you want to go into the field of, like, of, of like, the meat and dairy industries and stuff like that? Like, if you, if it's, like, because she loves animals, like, if it's, like, super upsetting to you and she's kind of, like, well, you know, the reality is, is not everyone's going to, like, wake up tomorrow and be, like, I'm going to be vegan, even mm-hmm. though it's it's better for the planet and for animals and for your body and, like, a variety of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so she was, like you know, you can't just make it not happen, so you might as well work to improve the system, was kind of her mm-hmm. line of thinking, I think, which I think is pretty, um, pretty noble. Um, so she, when she was working as a consultant, she gave advice on how to improve the lives of cattle, and then I remember during the speech that she gave at UCD, she was talking about how her hypervisuality, um, due to the Asperger's largely, um, it kind of helped her see things from the animalist perspective. So she would mm-hmm. bend down to like where cow eye level would be, mm-hmm. and um, and take pictures of the facilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she could see like, oh, like this like weird light contrast, um, especially because of her degree in like animal behavior. I think, um, nice. like it allowed her to really understand like, okay, like cows don't like stark contrast in lighting. So like having this like opening here, this like the, like having certain things in certain positions would make them not want to go forward, which could lead to, like, injury mm-hmm. and potential, like, deaths um, in um, in the in the facilities, mm-hmm. which, of course, nobody wants 
because even if you don't care about animals, um, you're still losing a profit, like, if the animal just spontaneously, um, dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's done a lot to, like, help animals in that industry. She has an essay called Animals Are Not Things that mm-hmm. advocates for animals and, um, led to them being granted protections in mm-hmm. slaughterhouses. She's also done a lot of work, um, on, uh, eliminating the use of hoisting in slaughterhouses, mm. um, which is basically they, like, tie a live animal around, like, the ankle with a chain and just <laughs> lift it up to the ceiling. Ugh. So not the best. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, um, so, but she's done a lot of work, and I think she's also been given a lot of awards, even by, um, PETA, the, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I forget yeah. what it stands for, but they're, they're the big one. It's impressive people. for the ethical know. treatment of animals. <laughs> I'm surprised that they have anything good to say about someone who, like, has worked in the... A slaughterhouse. Yeah. Just because they're very... Ridiculous. Intolerant. <laughs> they're yeah. pretty flawed um, in a lot of other ways, but, um... I think that was, like, that was impressive to me, you know, that they did have, that they did have, like, good things to no, say it's about good. her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, a lot of the stuff, too, it's, like, it's, it's just better to do it in a way that's mm-hmm. less harm overall. Yeah. Less, because yeah. there's less liability and everything else, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's more ethical. And it's also just some of it's really simple stuff. Yeah. Like, just seeing it from the like just animal down. eye level, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. No one designing that building is, is probably ever taken that into consideration. Yeah. The yeah. first time they, they've ever made any kind of mm-hmm. pen or anything. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah, it's super easy just mm-hmm. to, like, keep it in mind. Mm-hmm. And it would help. And it does. Yeah. yeah. And, like, a lot of other stuff that she's talking about with her research and her knowledge of animal behavior was, like, how they, how they move naturally. So they kind of like to like wind back the way they came. So I think Lydia mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, that there was a facility that was like designed like a maze mm-hmm. and she was like, okay, well we need to get them to move. How do we do that following their na- 